What's up Belfast? What's up Dublin? What's up London? Thanks for dialing in to episode 18 of the Speed Mentor podcast with your very own fitness instructor for your attitude where you know that your excuses will be given short shrift so don't even think about them. Because I can hear your cogs turning. Yes, I'm talking about you. Cut the bullshit, cut the excuses and let's get with the project. My name is Gavin Wall, serial entrepreneur and speed mentor. In this episode, We'll be deep diving into sacrifice setting. Look, many people know how to goal set. Every single personal development book talks about the subject. It's tried and tested, and we've done an episode about it back in episode 11, which dropped on the 18th of March about guerrilla goals. But what I found through mentoring many people to success is that goal setting is not enough on its own because, as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So I deal with this by having a second plan, which is complementary to the first plan, to ensure that those infamous Mike Tyson uppercuts don't stop me in my tracks. But resilience prevents that uppercut from derailing your plan. But as I said, I have a second plan that's bolted on to the first, which comes in the form comes in the form of sacrifice setting, and I operate it in a very similar way to the guerrilla goal setting. People often get all excited about goal setting. It's nice to think about your success. It's nice to think about all the lovely stuff you're going to get. Just like maybe Bruce Forsyth on the the Generation game. Look, I'll have that cuddly toy, a state-of-the-art barbecue, a 60-inch flat-screen TV. Ah, To be fair, they weren't around when Bruce was doing the Generation game. But, But you get my point. Thinking about all the goal setting and the rewards that you get at the end of the gold when you achieve them, all that good stuff. Uh, all the thinking around the planning for that. But along the way, you're going to have to do a lot of sacrifice if you really want to achieve something significant. Look, there are too many charlatans out there these days who say that you can have it all, that all you have to do is just attract it into your life. That's total bullshit. You can have it all, but to get it cranked up and pointed in the right direction, you'll need to make sacrifices and work hard over an extended period of time. Unfortunately, people don't like to hear this. And I'm going to say something which people won't like to hear. And this will sound a little controversial. But the people who won't make sacrifices often say meaningless shit like, family is everything. And that's used, and I do believe that family is everything, but that's used as a shield to defend themselves against making the sacrifices are doing the hard work and then used as a weapon to attack those who do make sacrifices for the long-term good of their families. I'm talking about the long-term good of their families. So for instance, when I think about the needs of my family, I don't just think about whether the kids need to be entertained for the next half hour or whether I have to be at every single football match or gymnastics meet. I think about who's going to pay for their university, who's going to help them with a deposit for their house, Who's going to make provision for healthcare as the NHS comes under attack? What safety net have we created as parents? What example are we setting so that they know that there are choices in life and often the difficult choices such as gratification, deferment and sacrifice are the best ones to make in the long term rather than taking a short term hit on gratification? Do you get me? So 
the family is everything is correct, but it shouldn't be used as a defence to say, I'm not going to do some extra work or I'm not going to make some sacrifice or I'm, you know, can't work this weekend because family is everything. Think about it in the long term, folks. Now, rant over in relation to that. But the earlier in our adult life you make sacrifices to create abundance in life, the better, as the benefit of that sacrifice will compound through the duration of your life. And the earlier you start um, to try and achieve more, the more likelier uh, you are um, to not have to make sacrifices at a later stage, which can come at the expense of some family time. So let's go. We're all on this planet for approximately 80 years. If I say you've got to make sacrifices for seven years of your life to create abundance for you and your family that will last for an entire lifetime and give you unlimited protection and choices in the face of all the headwinds that you'll ever face in life, would you sacrifice those seven years? You might say to me, it depends which seven years they are. Do I have to take those seven years before children arrive, for instance, or before I'm in a long-term relationship? Or you might come back to me and you might say, yeah, I wouldn't sacrifice seven years, Gavin. I might sacrifice six or five or four or three or maybe just one. Or you might say, I'm not prepared to sacrifice time, but I'll sacrifice alcohol for a period of time or eating confectionery or I might sacrifice going on a foreign holiday for the next couple of years. For me, you've got to make a detailed list of all the sacrifices Um just in the same way as you do a detailed list of your goals. And they must tie into a time frame um, similar to what your goals are. As when the pressure comes on, whether that be peer pressure or your inner chimp making demands of you, that's a quick reference to The Chimp Paradox, one of my favourite books by Professor Steve Peters. We'll cover that in a, in a subsequent episode. You will crumble under the pressure and the stress. So if you've just got goals on their own and you're just thinking about all the good stuff and all the stuff you want to achieve, Whenever the pressure comes on, if you haven't really thought and sketched out and detailed all your sacrifices, your sacrifice setting also, you will crumble under the pressure because you haven't prepared yourself mentally um, for the tough stuff that's ahead. So get a pen and paper out right now and start to think about the sacrifices you're prepared to make to achieve the goals that you've set. Now these may be around giving up alcohol, reducing your clothing budget, downgrading your car, going on foot more often rather than on public transport, um, less takeaway, less Chinese meals or pizzas, etc., whatever it is you like in the evening, swapping expensive pastimes for maybe rambling in the country, um, sacrificing a summer holiday abroad and investing the savings in time to finance other projects or opportunities which may create compound interest for an upside. Look, I start the process with a good hard think about gratification and why short-term gratification kills long-term aspiration. I'm just going to say that once again because it's so important. It's something I believe in so passionately. Short-term gratification kills long-term aspiration. So gratification is the act of rewarding yourself or indulging short-term desires. Now, we are very, very good at gratification in the short term. Northern Ireland, for instance, has the highest percentage of German, quality German cars per capita. Um, yet one of the lowest GDP per capita. Like, how can that work for the long term for sustainability? Here's some advice. You see if you can't afford a BMW, don't fucking get one. See if you can't afford a Mercedes, 
don't fucking get one. Don't be buying this sort of shit on the trip. Doesn't do you any good in the long run. Defer the gratification until you can. But I go further. Don't do it just because you can't afford it. Even when you can't afford it, put it off a wee bit longer. Defer the gratification unless your finances are in very sound order. Go for maybe a two-star holiday instead of a four-star holiday. Go for a walking holiday in Donegal instead of a fortnight in Dubai or Spain or wherever it is you like to go. Look, we got to defer the gratification rather than trying to keep up with our neighbours, keeping up with the Joneses. When you start building the sacrifice into your life and valuing the sacrifice to create the abundance, you're on to a winner. As Napoleon Hill, um, who is the godfather in all these things in personal development, famously said, there's no such reality as something for nothing. But why? Why is that? What would you sacrifice? What gratification deferment would you defer? Think about how much time you will defer something over and make a very specific time frame for it. Write down what you intend to sacrifice, what you intend to give in return for your goal. Write down what you you intend to give up. Often the sacrifice is to give up stuff that's actually bad for you, such as bad relationships that always drag you down. Um, relationships that are built on toxicity or short-term stuff rather than long-term. Give those up. Look, but bad relationships are very difficult to sacrifice. It's in the nature of them. Um, But you need to start really getting the grips with this stuff. Take some time to catalogue all the things that are wasteful, all the things that don't add value, all the things that don't take you towards your goals and get them on a list that you're going to sacrifice and then work out the period of deferment. I'm going to give you an example of my own. This is what I call my seven-year sacrifice, and I even put this in a hashtag and, and put it on social media. So it's hashtag seven-year sacrifice. Now, this is a bit of an extreme version, but as you've probably gathered by now, most of the things that I do are on the extreme version. Certainly nothing that's, that sort of would run with the herd. But I, this happened after the property and financial crash where I lost absolutely everything. So the plan had to be a bit extreme to rebuild a financial fortress for my family and myself so that we had choices in life thereafter. When I was wiped out financially, um, along with my family, I set out to rebuild that financial fortress and made a decision to never again care about what others thought of my consumption habits. So the sacrifices uh, came plentifully. A plan was agreed between myself and my wife comes back to the spousal support you often hear me talk about. We just had our first baby. But we believed if we did the hard work then, at that time, made the sacrifices. Helen took huge sacrifices because a, a lot of this was um, sacrifice me not having time to help her with the baby because I was trying to rebuild the business and our lives financially. But those, we believe collectively that those sacrifices would give us options throughout the duration of our life, um, even though we were getting some pain in the short term from them. So what did I do? What were these sacrifices? I'm going to give you about a dozen of them now that we agreed over a seven-year period. And you can think about what you can do in your life. And the thing about it is, if you then agree this with somebody else, you have accountability partners. So you and your spouse or your partner, if you both or your business partner, whatever it might be, if you agree them with somebody else, you can keep each other accountable and that's really important. So I gave up my passport 
I basically didn't renew my passport, which was due renewal, as I wouldn't be leaving the country for seven years. So we had a time frame, seven years, Gavin won't be leaving the country, won't be going on holiday. I shaved, number two, I shaved my own head every single, every six weeks. I shaved my own head with clippers, uh, number one all over, um, every six weeks. That was basically saved money on barbers and it also saved time. Number three, we ate out-of-date food throughout the entirety of that period. Now, it was a little easier for us as we were operating spa stores, but we committed to do that. So, basically, uh, best before. Anything with a best before date, you can eat it well after the date. We ate that stuff till the cows came home. Um, And even on the dairy, if it's well-packaged and fresh, you can check even those dates. I, I don't recommend that as a retailer, but I'm saying we took... We looked at freshness of product rather than what dates there were and we ate out-of-date food continually throughout that seven-year period. Now, we lived in our, number four, we lived in our sister-in-law's house, uh, the back bedroom, myself and my wife and three kids, for five years. We could have moved out earlier and we could have rented a place earlier than those five years, but we decided to defer that gratification of our own place and instead invest the money um, that we would have spent on rent and rates and all the rest of it and put it towards a fighting fund for when we eventually launched ourselves um, back back into the world. Now, number five, my wife is very devout. And this was probably the biggest sacrifice for her out of all the sacrifices, as I didn't attend church with my family on Sunday throughout the entirety of that seven-year period. The agreement was that at the end of it, because basically I was working every Sunday, the agreement at the end of it was that as soon as the seven years were up and I had delivered on the financial fortress piece of it, then I would return uh, to church with her, with the family. And that's exactly what happened at the end of the seven years. That was probably out of everything that's happened, that was the thing that she was most happy about. Number six, I gave up rush hour traffic. So, uh, to regain time in my day. So you can give up stuff um, that's that's just a waste of your time. So I actually made a decision to either go in earlier or go in later so that I had more time to devote to work during that period of time. So I gave up rush hour traffic. That mightn't be one that people will think about necessarily. Everybody goes into their work at 8 o'clock and they sit for half an hour in traffic jam and then they leave at 5 o'clock and they sit another half hour. That was an hour a day I was basically getting back by making the decision to give up rush, rush hour traffic. I'd already given up alcohol, number 7. I'd already given up alcohol before this time, but I redoubled my commitment to remain alcohol-free, to save money and to increase productivity during this time. Number eight, we bought virtually no new clothes, only or only underwear, basically, throughout that eight-year period. Number nine, I worked, I'm going to put my hands up here, 100 hours per week, every week. I only had 32 days off during that seven years, and those were spent at a hotel, Kelly's Hotel in Ross Lair with the family. Now, this is extreme, 32 days off in a seven-year period when you're working 100 hours every single week. This is extreme and not for everyone, but it worked for us. My family took holiday and took some breaks throughout Ireland without me, whilst I continued working. But we'd agreed a time frame. We knew at the end of the seven years we were going to have choices that would last us for the rest of our lives. And we decided to take it. Number 10, we watched every penny so tightly. I can remember only using my window wipers on intermittent, even in heavy rain, just to make the wipers blades last a little longer so I didn't have to replace them. So every single penny counted, and I can remember that's how tight we were during that period. Number 11, I downgraded my car to a second-hand Jeep with 100,000 miles on it. 
Number 12, my wife also downgraded her car during that period. So all of these things collectively, and there were a number of others, but that's an example of 12 of them. We put them together in a sacrifice um, setting piece and we bolted that on to the targets and the goals that we had and what we wanted to achieve at the end of that seven years. Now, the only thing I refused to give up and said I never would was a warm shower. Now, those are the examples. Now, we're coming back. We were coming back from financial Armageddon, so our sacrifices needed to be huge. Most would not be able to stick to a plan as extreme as this. But everyone, every single listener to this podcast can do more than they're currently doing to try and create the long-term abundance in their lives. That sacrifice has helped me and my teams build multiple successful businesses across multiple industries, and I no longer nor ever will have to make sacrifices like that again because I did the hard bit during those seven years along with Helen and the family. Funnily enough though, old habits die hard and we're still, as a family, implementing many of the sacrifices and the gratification deferment that we took during the seven years. But the scars are always there and the fear of going back to having to do it again just lingers just a little bit. But we have choices now, choices that many others will never have. Because we took the time to take the sacrifice, make the sacrifices and defer the gratification. So it's over to you. You can either just keep doing what you're doing, keep plodding along, keep refusing to make the sacrifices, keep taking the gratification, hit at a time, hit, here's another bit of gratification, keep taking it, keep taking it, keep gratifying yourself. And ultimately, when something goes wrong, there'll be nothing in the tank to protect you in the downtimes again. But that's it for me for this episode. I'd be so grateful if you subscribe to Speed Mentor Podcast and keep this local voice supported. If you like what you've heard, why not treat me to a review? Hit me up on my social channels to talk to the wall and keep the conversation going. As with all the mentorship and advice I give, it's your choice. <laughs>